you remember in the 90s, those of you who were around, <clears throat> there, was, there used to be a type of car called a K car. Well, my family had a K car. Did any of you have a K car? Some of you? Back in the 90s or whatever? The first service seemed to have a lot of people that were familiar with uh, the K cars. Uh, if you're not familiar, they're a nice, reliant automobile. Um, they're kind of a simple, basic vehicle, not too fancy, just gets you from A to B. And uh, I remember even at one point, uh, the, the, the flames burst through the dashboard. And rather than getting a new car, my dad said, no, we'll just get the dashboard fixed. So it was a, a very basic, simple vehicle. And, and along with that came uh, a radio that only played the AM radio. Do any of you remember what radio is? <laughs> Much less AM radio? OK. So the only station that I could really listen to whenever I drove around here with my parents, or was the first vehicle that I ever drove, um, was an oldies station. Now, for some of you, if I say the names of these songs, you're like, those were the songs that were around when I was in high school. Uh, the song, or the radio station was called the Oldies Station. <laughs> Let me just emphasize. And so that's what I grew up on. I, a lot of 60s and 70s kind of music, and that's really all I heard. And I remember a lot of good tunes. There was a lot that I really enjoyed. One of them stood out to me, and uh, especially for today. If I say these words, you'll probably recognize it right away. Turn, turn, turn. Song made, uh, written by Pete Seeger, and then later made more popular by the Birds. I, I remember hearing different versions. I think even the mama, Mamas and Papas sang it. Or maybe it was Peter, Paul, and Mary. I don't know. Um, but it was a very popular song. To everything there is a season. Turn, turn, turn. And if you didn't know, that actually comes right out of the book of Ecclesiastes in chapter 3. And I want to take you there, to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, as we start into this today. Very kind of poetic, beautiful kind of imagery, uh, talking about the sort of different aspects and the time that we have here on the world. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh time to grieve, and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones, and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace, and a time to turn away. A time to search, and a time to quit searching. A time to keep, and a time to throw away. A time to tear, and a time to mend. A time to be quiet, and a time to speak. A time to love, and a time to hate. A time for war, and a time for peace. You see all these extremes of life? And these are really, we have experienced many of these, I think all of us have. And some of them seem like hard to imagine how they do fit into a good world, how we could ever uh, want to see some of those things come up. Is there really a time for war? Is there really a time to kill? But the more that you live through life, the more that you will begin to see uh, as time and age and hopefully wisdom come along, that there are so many things that happen that in their moment can be good. Even things that might seem bad to us now. There's a time to keep, a time to throw away. Well, you know, there's a time to keep the milk, and there's a time to throw the milk away, 
right? There's a time to embrace and a time to turn away. There's sometimes that holding on to someone or something is a really good thing, and there's times that that relationship needs to be separated and distanced, whether that's sending off a young person to school, or maybe it's the ending of an uh, unhealthy relationship. There's a time to embrace. There's a time to turn away. A time to search. A time to quit. And all these things, as we look at them, they, they can come for many of us at the same time. Sometimes for one person, a moment that is one thing is the opposite for another. And it can be difficult. We can even experience two things, both extremes at the same time. A lot of times when I do a funeral, I will say, uh, quoting this verse, that it's a time to grieve and a time to dance. Because if a person knows Jesus, it's a time to grieve their loss here on earth, yes, but it's also a time to celebrate that they're in the presence of Jesus and are now beginning into a life full of eternal love. As we think about life, how, how do we know how to navigate the times that we live in? How do we know how to get through life well? Well, the Bible teaches, and Ecclesiastes specifically, teaches that we get through life well by developing wisdom. And that wisdom only really comes by knowing God and allowing God to shape all of life and how we live it. Life has so many ups and downs, twists and turns, seasons that come and go. But if we have a relationship with God, He can get us through. and He can lead us on to life that begins now and goes forever. So, what we're going to do today is to explore what it means to live that life well. How we do it. And one of the ways that Ecclesiastes talks about that is through the word remember. So we're going to look at what Ecclesiastes says about how we live well, how we remember so that we have life and live well. Let's go to the next slide. Well, the first thing I want to focus on is that we are to remember to live now with the end in sight. Each of us will find an end to our lives. I don't think I'm spoiling any surprises for anybody here. There will ultimately come a day when we are not here. Let's look at the verse here. Better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. After all, everyone dies, so the living should take this to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for sadness has a refining influence on us. A wise person thinks a lot about death, while a fool thinks only about having a good time. I'm aware that in our congregation over the past couple of weeks, there have been a lot of people who have lost loved ones. A lot of you have lost someone close to you recently. A lot of you have been to funerals recently, and that's hard. That's not a fun season or time of life. But what Ecclesiastes says that even in those moments, God can do something good for us. God can bring life and healing in ways that maybe we didn't expect. Better to spend your time at funerals than at parties, really? Why is that? That sounds so strange. But what it is is that by doing this, by thinking on and reflecting on our lives and the ultimate conclusion of them, we're forced to consider what really matters. And if we go about our lives and we never think about what matters, we only go to parties, then we can miss out really on the most important things fundamentally of who we are as people and what it means to be human. 
Sorrow is better than laughter? And the reason given is because sadness has a refining influence on us. See, when we lose someone or something, we're forced to examine what it is that we've lost. We begin to recognize the need that we had for that person or that thing, the, the love that we learned or gained from them. When we lose someone or something, we're forced to recognize what we've lost, but also what we had. We examine, we think, we reflect, we think about all those things. We're forced to. Whether we want to or not, we reevaluate our lives in light of that loss, in light of that grief. So it's not that this is a fun or exciting time or this is all we ever want to experience, but if we never have those moments where we reflect and think and evaluate, then we're missing something really, really important in our lives. They need to be examined. They need to be thought about. We need to think through who we are as people and how we're living. A wise person thinks a lot about death, while a fool thinks only about having a good time. Now, listen, this is not about sort of, you know, like being like, like a, a, a goth. That's what it was in high school. Like you're wearing the black makeup all over, wearing a black trench coat, going around like this. Like, this is not the idea. This is not like you're morose and you're always kind of gloomy. It's not that you only think about death. What it says is the fool only thinks about having a good time. Well, a wise person also thinks about what the end is. A wise person, yes, thinks about the good time, but also thinks about death and the ultimate end of it all and lives in light of the end, knowing that that's coming. So it's not that it's only the thing that we think. It's not the only thing we do, but it, it informs and shapes how we live because it's important to reflect on that. In the next couple of verses on chapter 8, none of us can hold back our spirit from departing. None of us has the power to prevent the day of our death. There's no escaping that obligation, that dark battle. And in the face of death, wickedness will certainly not rescue the wicked. You can do what you want, you're going to die. It's just the cold, hard truth of life. And you can try to pretend that that's not going to happen, but you're not going to get anywhere. You have to anticipate that at the end, not only will your life be evaluated, it will be judged by your maker. And that can be hard to hear. We can be uncomfortable with that idea. But wickedness is not going to rescue you. What does it mean for us to live a life that's good? What does it mean for us to live a life that's in line with our Creator and our Maker's heart? What can rescue us but that? And so the first thing that we should do, as Ecclesiastes says, is that we should remember to live with the end in sight. Now you might start to think, wow, this is like such a downer. Like, I thought Christians were boring, but my goodness, this is like... And I want to make clear, this is not, we don't live in darkness as a result of this. This actually allows us to live well with joy and, and life. Go to the next slide. The next thing that we need to remember to do is we need to remember to enjoy whatever God gives now. We enjoy this moment. We make the most of this moment. We seize the day. We take a hold of it because God has given it to us and it's good. Let's look at some of the verses. 
Ecclesiastes 3.13 says, People should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. We've talked about that verse before, but you know what? This is actually a theme that is very prominent throughout Ecclesiastes. It comes up again, this idea in Ecclesiastes 5.18, 8.15, 9.7, that we should enjoy life. We don't look at the end and then live in gloom. We look at the end and we make the most of what we have now. We don't look to the end and say, well, there's no hope, it's all gone, it's all a mess, it's all going to end in death, so we might as well just sit here and grumble and complain. Not at all. What Ecclesiastes says is, because life is hard, because there will be difficulty to come, because you don't know what tomorrow holds, make the most of now, today. Live here and now. We're meant to enjoy the good things that God gives us. We're meant to make the most of it. We're meant to enjoy, take hold of life. And we can do that best because we know what the end is. Because we know the God who gives good gifts. Because we trust in Him. Now, it's not that we want to just focus on the gifts. We want to focus on the giver of those gifts. And by knowing the giver and enjoying His gifts, ah, that's real life. That's good things right there for all of us. The next slide. Ecclesiastes 7.10 says, Don't long for the good old days. This is not wise. Some of you are feeling a little judged right now. You see what the point of that is, though, is you've got to live in this moment. You can't go back to yesterday. No matter how many times you tune the AM dial and come across the Beatles. We can't live in the past. We only have now. We also can't live in the future. We only have today. We only have now. It's not good to look at our lives and just say, oh, I remember when. Sure was good back when I was 18 and oh, I could stand for more than five minutes. Oh, I could hear back then. My eyes, I didn't need glasses. By the way, I don't need glasses. I just wear these for looks. Um. <laughs> What's that? I couldn't hear you. am I giving you now, Dick? <laughs> Don't long for the good old days. This is not wise. It's so easy for us to look backwards and think life was better when. My life was better when I had that thing, when I had that person, when I was able to do this. When everything can, it came together. That was the best. Looking back on those glory days. We have a song by Bruce Springsteen about that. This is not wise. That's wrong. Not, it's not wrong to look back and remember, but if all we ever do look, look, is look back and say, oh, the good old days, it was better back then, then we're missing what God has for us right now. I've seen churches do this too, where they say, oh, I remember when I was coming up, we used to, oh, we used to sing those hymns all the time. They were the best. This old, this music now, whew, too repetitive. 
Oh, I like how we used to do it back when we had just an organ. It would shake the building. Oh, that was how the Lord moved in the church. If only we could get back to those good old days. Oh, I remember when we would go for church once in the morning and then once at night as well, and then we would go on Wednesdays. We didn't have a life. We just went to church. That's how you did it back in the day. Oh, the good old days people today don't know how to worship. They don't love the Lord. Now I'm making fun. I'm teasing. But we can do that, can't we? We we look back and we say, what we have right now isn't good enough. And we can dwell on things and we can say, well, the past was better and Ugh, we just throw away what we have now. Ugh, this isn't what I want. It was better back then. Well, you can't go back. We only have now. We only have today. This is a moment that we have to take hold of life. We don't just look back. We look to what God has given us right now. I'll take you now to another verse where it begins to look a little bit more to the future as well as a possibility. But in Ecclesiastes 11, it starts this this theme, and it rolls right into chapter 12. And you need to remember here, when you see those chapter divisions, that was never there in the first place. It just kept going. So don't let it break your flow and your thought. Just ignore the numbers unless you're trying to look it up later. Light is sweet. How pleasant to see a new day dawning. You ever been glad just to wake up and have another day? When people live to be very old, let them rejoice in every day of life. But let them also remember there will be many dark days. Everything still to come is meaningless. Young people, it's wonderful to be young. Enjoy every minute of it. Do everything you want to do. Take it all in. But remember, you must give an account to God for everything you do. So refuse to worry and keep your body healthy. But remember that youth with the whole life before you is meaningless. There's two things there that it mentioned as being meaningless. And I want to just take a moment to look at those first. Here we see everything still to come is meaningless. What is he telling old people? Dick, what did he say to you? He said it's meaningless. Let them also remember there will be many dark days. Everything still to come is meaningless. Why is the future meaningless? It's because we don't have a hold of it now. You can't take hold of the future. You only have today. You only have today. Don't say, I'll put it off to tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll do that. Tomorrow it'll be better. Tomorrow. No, make the most of it now. Because you don't know if you're going to get tomorrow. Tomorrow is empty. It's vapor. It's meaningless. You can't take hold of it. It will always be in the future. We only have today. And youth, with the whole life before you, that's meaningless. It's meaningless to think, well, you know, I've got my whole life to get my act together. I've got my whole life to start figuring out how to do this. I've got my whole life to start thinking about God and how he might want me to do things. I'll figure that out later. It doesn't matter right now. Right now, I just want to enjoy myself. That's meaningless. You don't know if you're going to get tomorrow. What does he counsel us to do? He says, enjoy every minute. Rejoice in every day. We are meant to live now, here, today, and to live it well, to make the most of it. And we do that by remembering there will be an end, remembering we must give an account to God for everything we do. There will become a day where we stand before Him and His judgment throne, and He will look at all we've said, all we've done. 
And have we reflected on what that means? Have we reflected previously on our relationship to God? We have to do that now. Because we only have now. We can't live in the past. We can't live in the future. We only live here and now. So enjoy every minute of it, but remember God in the midst of it all. Then it continues on into Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your Creator. Honor Him in your youth before you grow old and say, life is not pleasant anymore. Any of you saying that? Life is not pleasant anymore. Remember Him before you near the grave, your everlasting home, when the mourners will weep at your funeral. Yes, remember your Creator now, while you are young, before the silver cord of life snaps and the golden bowl is broken, don't wait until the water jar is smashed at the spring and the pulley is broken at the well. For what, then the dust will return to the earth and the Spirit will return to God who gave it. Now, in what we had read for us by O'Neill earlier, he uses a lot of really uh, interesting images to talk about basically our bodies breaking down. When the grinders cease, that's a talk. That's a, that's, he's talking about how your teeth fall out and can no longer chew. When the, the shades are drawn, it's when your eyes stop seeing well. Some of us know all too well what it's like to see our body breaking down, to see our limitations increase, and our abilities decrease. Some of us know very well what it's like to see life starting to disappear, and things get broken down and worn away over time. And what he says here, the teacher teaches us, what the teacher says is, don't wait till it's all broken. Don't wait until the water jar is smashed. Don't wait till the pulley is broken at the well. Don't wait till the grinders stop. Don't put it off. You don't know if you're going to have tomorrow. Do it now while you're young. Do it now, whatever age you are. Do it now. Remember him. Remember God in the midst of it all. Don't forget your Creator. Remember Him before you near the grave, your everlasting home. Live in such a way that you're anticipating the end, anticipating standing before your Maker. Live in such a way that it is consistent with the ending that you want to have because you don't know when that ending will come. Don't wait till it's broken down. Don't wait till your life is used up. Don't wait and putting it off thinking there will always be another time when life doesn't matter anymore and you might as well just start loving the Lord now because what else is left? Do it now. This is one of the reasons that we invest time and energy and money into children's programs and things for young people here in this church. We want young people to know their creator now. Not to put it off, not to wait. The statistics show that most people who come to faith come when they are young. And it's much harder as you get older to change your ways, to turn your life around. It's much harder when you get older to get out of the rut, to get out of the groove and start a new one, to start down a new path. It's much harder to learn to follow Jesus when you're old. So we want to teach young people. We want to invest in young people so that they would know their Creator. They would know that life that He has for them. That they wouldn't waste their time. That they wouldn't put off to tomorrow what they can enjoy today. 
they wouldn't lose themselves in worry, thinking about a future that they'll never be able to grab onto, but they'll have today to make the most of whatever God is doing in their lives now. Remember Him. Remember Him now. Don't put it off. Now, when we look at Jesus, Jesus uses this language as well. I want to take you to a passage in um, 1 Corinthians. Paul here is writing to the people in Corinth, and he's talking about something he learned from the Lord. He says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, when Jesus was betrayed, you can start to picture this story. The Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. What we're obviously hearing about is the last supper of Jesus before he was crucified. But it's also talking about the practice that we have as a church that we call communion. We take part in that once a month to remind ourselves of Jesus to remember him and what he means to us. To remember that he is meant to be our source of life. I don't know, some people say, well, I wish we did it every week. Well, you know what? This is not actually meant to be something that you, you, you think about in that sense. It's meant to be something you think about every time you eat, period. Every time you eat bread and drink. Every time you eat and drink, you are to remember the Lord Jesus till he comes again. Every time you take a piece of bread, every time you raise a cup, think about him. This is meant to be part of our everyday life now. It's not just a future thing, but we live with that future in mind now, today. We depend on him today to provide for us, to nourish us, to strengthen us. We depend on Jesus today by remembering who he is, what he's taught us, what he's done, we remember Jesus and his life, and we try to live the same kind of life now. Because we only have now. And the pattern that Jesus gave to us is to make every moment count. Every moment an act of remembrance of our Creator. Every moment an act of remembrance to what God is doing amongst us today, now. Not just looking to the past, but allowing the past become alive for us today. Not just looking to the future, but allowing the future to come alive to us today and living in the fullness of all that. Because that's who Jesus is and that's what Jesus has for us. Jesus wants us to remember him now, in every moment, and to live that way. And now the last slide. This is going to seem obvious, but it's easy to miss. To remember, you must first know. Now, I've sat in exams and tests when I was a student, desperately trying to remember something I never knew in the first place. 
You don't want to get to the end of your life when you stand before God desperately trying to remember Him when you never knew Him. You don't want to get to the end of your life desperately trying to cling to and hold on to one you never held. Realizing that you missed it all along. That you didn't know Him in the first place. You don't want to miss out on what He has for you. You can only remember what you know. Do you know Jesus? Do you know what He teaches? Do you know what that means for your life? Do you know Him as your Lord? Have you allowed your life to come into alignment with His? Letting Him lead you, guide you, deal with the brokenness in your life, deal with your sin, lead you on to something better. Have, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Because you can't remember Him if you never knew Him. And Jesus says there are a lot of people at the end that are going to say, Lord, Lord! And Jesus will say, Apart from me, I never knew you. You don't want to be one of those. But He's offering you a life that doesn't end with death. That goes on into eternity. He's offering you an opportunity to overcome the cycles and seasons of life. To live through all those ups and downs, the highs and the lows, and to find a solid rock on which you can stand. He's offering you an opportunity to find security and certainty and a hope for your future that lasts forever. Something that can't be taken you when the days get tough. Something that can't be taken from you when something goes up or down. Something that you can't lose. He's offering you something that's eternal and lasting. Do you know Jesus? And you can't just look back to the old days and say, well, you know what? I prayed a prayer back when I was 8. When I was 12. When I was 16. I, when I was 32. I Don't look back to the old days. Do you know Him now? Do you know Jesus today? Are you following Him today? Don't live in the past. Don't put it off till tomorrow. Tomorrow may never come, and tomorrow is gone. Yesterday is behind us. You only have now. Are you following Jesus now? Are you a part of his life, his kingdom now? Have you said that you were, but no one would be able to tell from the outside? Have you never said that you would like to follow Jesus? Have you ever made that choice and that decision to make Him the one who takes center of your life? What's stopping you? What's stopping you now, today, from letting Jesus be the Lord of your life, the center of it all? What's stopping you from beginning that life that's eternal with Him today, now, What's stopping you from experiencing the fullness of that even today, now? What's stopping you? What's holding you back from following Jesus? Are you consumed with enjoying the moment 
thinking about the parties now, but never taking the time to stop and reflect on your life and what's really going on, what really matters? Are you enjoying the good times, but never thinking about the bad? Are you trying to go on like that never is going to come and happen to you? Are you trying to go on as if you're never going to find your end, never stand before your maker? Do you know Jesus? Would anyone be able to know Jesus in you? What's stopping you? One of the things I think that stops us the most is just us. We stand in our own way. We stop ourselves. I don't want to give up the good time. I don't want to change. I don't want to have to deal with the difficulty of what that might mean for this or that. I don't, I don't want to deal with that, but do you want to deal with the consequences later? Are you just putting off something that's inevitable? Are you just trying to avoid a reality that's certain and sure? Your life will come to an end. What will it mean at the end? Will it be meaningless? Will it be an empty vapor? Or will it be full of the purpose of God? The life of Jesus forever? Do you know him? Do you know him now? today. If you don't, what's stopping you? You can do that today. I'd be more than happy to talk to you about how you can begin your journey with Jesus, how you can begin to turn away from your past and follow him now into a future that is beautiful and good. You can talk to me, you can talk to one of our elders, talk to a small group leader, talk to someone who knows Jesus. But don't let today go, because you might not have tomorrow. You may have had a lot of yesterdays go by and said, I'll leave this for another day, push it off for later. Why not now? Do you know Jesus now? You can know Jesus now. So, I'm going to pray. And if you feel that there's some kind of tug in your heart, something that you feel and sense God is speaking to you in some way, you hear just a voice of love saying, come to me now, follow me now. Then don't wait. Don't put it off. Take hold of that now. Let's pray. Jesus, help us to know you, to listen to your voice, to follow your lead, to experience your life and your spirit within us, empowering us, not just for today, but forever. Help us to, in our moments that are difficult and challenging, as well as the moments that are good, to not lose sight of who you are and what you're doing, to not lose sight of the end that we will eventually have in this life, to not lose sight that there will be an eternity that we hold account Jesus, would you show us that life now so that we would live it now and forevermore? May we trust you. May we seek you. And we know that we will find you. Because all who call on you will find you. So Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that today we can praise you. We thank you that we can live for you. We can enjoy you. We don't have to live in fear of what's coming. We don't have to grieve as those who have no hope. We have hope. We have life. 
We have purpose. We have meaning. It's not all vapor and empty and hollow. It's full of you and your purpose, your presence within us. So Jesus, we praise you. We live for you. We long for you in every moment. We long to see you come alive within us. We long to see you change this world through us and by your spirit to let your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus, we look to you, the Lord of it all. We celebrate you and ask you to be center of our hearts and our minds today, trusting you to deal with our sin, to deal with our brokenness, to lead us in the wholeness of life for an eternity. In your name we pray.